Welcome to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. Each week, join Travis and Josiah as they provide insight into the print on demand industry and equip you with the tools, advice, and strategy you need to achieve success and hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Now, on to this week's show. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Print On Demand cast. Good to have you here. Uh, I'm Travis, and uh, this week we've got a an interview. Uh, pretty excited about it. It's um, Actually, I'm recording this intro after I already actually did the interview, and it, it was a really good interview. It was really cool. So um, if, you, if this is your first episode with the Print On Demand cast or you didn't catch last week's episode... Um, I am solo this week. Usually I have a co-host, Josiah, but um, unfortunately, Josiah, he lost his father um, and recently, and so he's been kind of out of pocket, obviously, with his family and um, being together and just, um, you know, kind of helping each other uh, mourn and, and, and celebrate his father's life. And if I'm not going to go into that all because I talked a lot about it last week, so I would encourage you to... Um, to listen to last week's episode, or if you go to our Facebook group, facebook.com slash, I'm sorry, um, printondemandcast.com slash Facebook. Uh, there is a post in that, um, in the Facebook group with, uh, Josiah's father's obituary and you can comment, you know, some condolences to Josiah and hopefully he'll be back soon. Um, but we obviously want to give him as much time as, as he needs. And, um, we, you know, I'm, I'm, Josiah and I are really good friends and I love him. And so, um, yeah, we just want to allow him the time that he needs to process this. It's, it's a huge, huge, um, blow. And, uh, Joseph Fuentes was a great, great man. And so, so yeah, so that's why I'm solo. Um, and because I'm solo again this week, I decided, um, as opposed to me just talking into a microphone, I thought it would be really cool to actually have somebody to talk to. And so I don't know, probably two months ago or so, two, maybe three months ago, I went on Ryan Hoag's podcast, I'm sorry, his YouTube channel to talk about selling on Walmart. He had seen me um, on, actually on RJ Martinez, who's also been a, uh, a guest on the show, on the podcast uh, in the past. He saw me on his uh, YouTube channel talking about about Walmart, and he asked me if I would be on his. And so uh, when I when I went on, he was, it was really cool to kind of hear some of the things he was doing. We, you know, had a lot of obviously conversation around print on demand, um, prior to me actually coming on the show. And so, um, we've stayed in contact since then. And, and literally earlier today, I, uh, reached out to him about something that was going on with my, our YouTube channel. And I just had a question and it sprung, uh, you know, all of a sudden I, a light bulb went off and I said, I wonder if he could come on the print on demand cast tonight. So I just asked him and he graciously said yes to, uh, jump on the podcast and share a little bit tonight. So, um, so yeah, so, uh, we're going to just jump right into this. There's no, not going to be, um, any point of interest this week, we're just going to jump right into the main event of the episode, our interview with Ryan Hogue. All right, really excited uh, to talk about, talk to our guest this week, um, Ryan Hogue launched his own seven-figure Amazon business while he was working two jobs. 
Um, he brings expertise as both an Amazon FBA private label seller and a print-on-demand seller and is uniquely transparent about his journey because he's actually published monthly income reports since day one on his blog and his YouTube channel. So welcome to the print-on-demand cast, Ryan. It's great to have you here, man. Hey, Travis, man. Thank you for the invite. I, I was waiting for my invite, man, after I had you on my channel to talk about selling on Walmart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was it was, uh, it was bound to happen at some point. So mm-hmm. I, I just appreciate your flexibility. I know uh, we're still kind of reeling in, you know, print on demand cast land with, uh, you know, the information about Josiah's father passing and, um, you know, trying just to figure out um, all of that stuff for him and let him have his, his time with his family and friends. And so I just appreciate your flexibility to be able to kind of jump on with me and just talk about print on demand. That's, that's really cool of you to do that. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, uh, well wishes to Josiah and his family. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, let's jump into it and just, um, why don't you, we always ask kind of the intro to your pod journey or like what got you into it? I, I referenced it a little bit when I introduced you, um, that you jumped in, um, you know, while you were still working, but kind of what got you to print on demand? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, what's funny is it was browsing Reddit, <laughs> you know, I uh, used to spend a lot more time on that website uh, when mm-hmm. I was working my nine to five as a web developer, which I think I did for like eight years total uh, professionally before fortunately was able to kind of work myself out of that job via both print on demand and uh, Amazon FBA. Mm-hmm. But I was just browsing Reddit and I used to do um, like I used to try to make money in like the weirdest ways. Like, I don't know if you ever heard of websites like Swagbucks, where it's like you show up once a day, you like click here, here, and here, and it gives mm-hmm. you points and then you redeem I, gift cards. And I do remember that, I think. Yeah, that's crazy. I used to do so, all those things, man. Just whatever you could to make a buck, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, within reason. You want to know a funny story? <laughs> I don't think I've ever told, but like I used to have these like small, old like Android phones that were basically the newest model it was basically like the oldest model you could possibly use that still worked where you could just run these apps. They would just run ads all day. And I had like six of them and I just let them cycle and I would bring them to work and just stack them on my desk. And people were like, <laughs> what the heck do you have going on here? And I'm like, honestly, they're making me money. So I'm not wow. that embarrassed to tell you about it. And it worked. It was called that's, Perk. I don't know if it's still around. But. true passive income right there. <laughs> I, I, was, I was making like decent money, honestly. It was all gift cards. And I just had my Amazon account stacked with gift cards. And, uh, wow. you know, it was, it was not bad. But yeah, browsing Reddit, I found out about Amazon merch. Somebody referenced, uh, I believe it was Chris Green, honestly. Mm-hmm. He was the guy who got a lot of people into it. Yeah, and he did. From there, I just kept digging. I remember I applied, did not get in the first time and forgot about it. And then um, call it fate or whatever you want, but it, it popped back up on my radar again, probably four or five months later. Uh, at this point, it was like early 2017, like very early, maybe February. I think I applied mm-hmm. in February, got in in March. My first application was like late 2016. So, wow. So that so pr- or merch by Amazon was the first channel that uh, you were selling print on demand. Now, were you designing your own like? Uh, t-shirts and things like that? Or did you have other people design them? Are you a designer? What, what, tell us about that. For sure. You know, I did my best to design. Uh, I, (laughs) I think my only qualification was that I took a high school graphic design course. And so I'm, I mean, definitely struggled. Like I would sit there, you know, what's funny is like, I did a lot of my work at work and people would like walk past my desk. Like, what are you working on? And I'd just be like, you know what? I try to, if I couldn't tab out quick enough, I'd be like, well, there's this program called Merch by Amazon. And I think it has a lot of potential. 
Um, but I, you know, it was funny. My design sucked early on, like most people's <laughs> probably do. And I just kind of worked at it to get better and better, but I am pretty transparent about also that, uh, I'm, a, I'm also a big fan of just like paying for services, um, yeah. that maybe I can just license somebody else's graphics and tweak them however I need. And that's what I, I do mainly today. Okay. So you're, uh, so you're selling on Merch by Amazon, obviously. Uh, what other channels are you selling on? I know it's a long list cause I've actually talked to you before, but why don't you mm-hmm. tell our listeners? Yeah. You know, and even thinking back to 2017, the, the first year that I really, cause I started Merch by Amazon and got my first FBA product live basically right at the same time. So I was attacking Amazon from two different angles and Merch by Amazon really helped me feel comfortable with the FBA side of things, just while I'm thinking hmm. about it, just throwing that out there. I do like That's the cool. complementary nature of the two. And I remember, uh, I don't remember, it might've been like a Facebook ad or something, but I found out about Gearbubble. And yep. Gearbubble opened my mind up to infinite possibilities, basically, because I was like, hold up, I can sell these print-on-demand products through Seller Central, which I already you know, had yep. an account because of my private label business that I was trying to start. And, um, yeah, like from there, I, I really focused on trying to learn the right way of approaching it. You know, I always say, make it work for you, no matter what you're doing in life. And I struggled initially, like it wasn't working for me, but, uh, I didn't give up cause I knew every product that I pushed to my seller central account was there forever. And, yeah. you know, so I, I stuck with that. And to answer your question, you know, I've definitely branched out from there. Um, I'm not on Etsy right now. Um, I've actually been doing an Etsy series on my YouTube channel and I just opened a Etsy account on my girlfriend's, uh, computer. So basically kind of coaching her up and, you know, doing well. Um, so Etsy was big eBay, eBay. I've been, um, uploading Hmm. a lot to eBay lately. If you want to talk about that for a second, like I've seen a lot of sales on eBay. Um, how are you doing on eBay? Are you, are you there? I, I was selling on eBay for a while and I never saw, I never really got any traction. So I actually yanked my products about a year ago um, yeah. on eBay and maybe I was, you know, um, it was too much, you know I mean? Or uh, I was pri- pricing them too high or, I mean, I was, most of my products uh, at that time were mainly like coffee mugs. So maybe just coffee mugs don't sell that well. Get That's on tough, eBay. Yeah. What are you um, selling on eBay? Are you doing more like apparel and such? Yeah, like hats and t-shirts. I'm trying to look at like just this month because I know this has been a big month for me, definitely above average. Yeah, I've got, so it's nothing, it's not blowing anybody away, but I did crack like a thousand bucks in orders. Actually, that's order costs. So my revenue is probably higher. I'm looking at Printful right now and I use them exclusively to fulfill uh, my eBay stuff. But I mean, I'm at 54 orders, um, 800 profit minus the Printful, or sorry, the eBay fees. Yeah. Um, so probably about 700 profit. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's just interesting because like eBay, I always yeah. used to laugh. I do these income reports each month, try to be transparent. And I would always just kind of laugh at eBay, like zero sales. Okay. Right. Um, but lately I made more of a point of pushing to eBay just to see, you know, sometimes you just got to find out mm-hmm. and um, it's been good. And what's cool too, is I always had issues in the past with like the restrictions because they'll yep. restrict you both by like the number of products times what you sell them for as like a number you know, or they'll restrict you based on like how many products you push in general. But if I push a t-shirt and it's an X, it's extra small and then a small and then a medium and a large, and I put in like five of each, that'll count as like the aggregate total of all of them summed up. So eBay has been increasing my limits though automatically. So I used to have to call and wait and hold and ask and beg. And now they've just (laughs) like emailed me automatically and been like, Oh, your limits are increased. Huh? That's interesting. Cause like, yeah, the, the thing that I, I always, shied away from, um, eBay was primarily because of the, you know, the listing fees. I just didn't want to, you know, 
Amazon, you know, you don't have to pay listing fees until you're up above 1.5 million on Seller Central. And Walmart touts that they don't have an upward limit yet. I'm sure eventually they will. But um, but Etsy, you know, you have a little bit of a listing fee. And then eBay, um, I was paying a lot to have the right to post, you know, to I think I had an, a professional seller's account or something like this. I was like, I don't know, $100 a month or something. And it just, I wasn't seeing the return on that investment, um, you know, and again, it could have just been my product selection. Maybe if I was doing apparel and and hats and things like that, um, it would have been a different story. But that's interesting. That's cool that you're having success on eBay. So eBay, um, I know you're you're like on Redbubble. Um, yeah, Redbubble. What, what are some of the other royalty based ones that you're doing? Yeah, the royalty based ones are the ones that uh, they're typically like low effort and potentially high reward, right? Like uh, merch mm-hmm. by Amazon, nothing can compete with because selling prime eligible products on the world's right. largest e-commerce marketplace is class of its own. But Redbubble uh, has been trending down for me. And mm-hmm. I think it's honestly, I think a lot of people have seen similar. I know I've kept up with some other YouTubers who are also transparent about their sales and have seen sales fall off. And I think it's because of the uh, tag spamming thing that's been going on where it's so like as a web developer, I'm still kind of blown away that a publicly traded company (laughs) let such a simple algorithm be implemented where they will count the occurrence of a keyword in the tags. So you can literally put the same keyword in the tag 10 times in one tag and it will count them and then reward you for saying it the most times. So the best sellers can be jumped by new listings that just repeat like a keyword. And I, I haven't played that game. I don't want to lose my account, you know, if they ever yeah. crack down on it. Uh, but so far it's been, it's been months and uh, no, wow. they haven't changed anything. Oh, they will. I mean, all of these guys, they're, they're, they're large enough that, you know, they'll allow some of that stuff. I mean, even Amazon used to, you, there were ways to game Amazon, but eventually they kind of close all those doors and um, even Google, but man, that yeah. Google, <laughs> they've that? done it a, so many times. I yeah. mean, yeah. Uh, so, okay. So earlier we were talking about um, in our chat when I was, you know, talking to you about coming on the show and you were, you, you mentioned um, the complementary method and uh, it's something that, you know, you said, Hey, we should talk about the complementary method. So why don't you um, take a minute and kind of explain to our listeners what you mean by that phrase? Sure. And I want to also credit where it probably, uh, kind of dawned on me initially. I used to listen to the Merch Minds podcast. Yeah. Uh, and they, you know, they Glenn were one of like, the few. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They were one of the few people doing like Amazon Merch podcasts. And I remember <laughs> the first time, and by the way, when I used to listen, like I used to sometimes be at the gym working out, just thinking like, I'm going to be in their tier one day, you know, like it was just, <laughs> it just provided that motivation. Like I was probably yeah. in tier 100 or something. And, um, you know, whatever you need to do to just keep yourself motivated is good. And they, I remember they started talking about Etsy print on demand, like right around the time where I think Etsy opened the doors to print on demand sellers. And I just remember thinking about it and like not taking advantage of it for some reason, even mm-hmm. though they were killing it. I mean, I think yeah. one of them, like Yong maybe was really killing it initially. And he would, he'd like, I don't want to talk about merch. I want to talk about Etsy, you know? <laughs> and that, that was what initially opened my mind up to the fact that like, yeah, like take these designs that you're making put them on Amazon merch back then. I think the selection was like just standard t-shirt and premium shirt. I don't think they even had a third back then, uh, 2017, if I recall. And, um, maybe late in the year, they might've introduced like long sleeves or something, but, uh, and then it was like, okay, take the same design, pop it up on Gearbubble, 
you know, I used to try to export a um, light colored version and a dark colored version. And then I'd sell it on the light mugs and the dark mugs, yep. push mm-hmm. it to Seller Central. Next thing you know, we pushing it to Etsy. Um, but it took me, I mean, took me probably an extra six months to a year. I don't even remember to get on Etsy after listening to people killing it for <laughs> however long. And from there, it's just kind of, you know, you find out about the next opportunity. It was actually somebody that, um, funny short story that was in my web development course because I teach at a local university and uh, his name's Brian. I've had him on my channel, my YouTube channel a couple of times for interviews because we would talk about, you know, it was web development course. So we do the, we do the class. And then after class, he'd come up to me and be like, Hey, so tell me more about, you know, merch by Amazon. And we would just, <laughs> you know, shoot the shit. And he eventually got into merch and he's just, he's like in tier 20,000 now. I mean, he's been doing really well. He had a couple thousand dollar days last year um, in 2020 selling political stuff. So, uh, but he was the one that told me about Redbubble. Like I knew about it, but I didn't know the real potential. So he's like, man, you need to stop holding off, just dive in and, uh, and get on there. So, you know, it's just funny, man. Like I hear from different people the same way that then I try to, with my YouTube channel, um, talk about my experiences and hopefully open other people's um, minds to what's out there possibility wise. So, so correct me if I'm wrong, the complimentary method, if you will, is kind of just being in as taking the existing assets you have and being in as many places as you possibly can. Yeah, that's a great way of summing it up. Sorry, I got off off uh, <laughs> off topic there. Right. I got off track. But yeah, for sure. It's like, if I'm going to take my time to create a design, I want to, I like to say, occupy as much online real estate as possible with that design. Mm-hmm. You know, like I want to put it on eh, low hanging fruit. Like if I optimize yeah. the design for a t-shirt, then it's going to translate very easily into a coffee mug because they're both like vertical rectangles, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I haven't taken advantage of, even though I know a bunch of people are killing it, uh, I mentioned my first exposure to selling print on demand off of Amazon merch was through Gearbubble and they're like, they have great options as far as selling print on demand jewelry. Like I've, yeah. I'm in the Facebook group with a couple of them and like they crush it with jewelry and it's because the base cost of some of these things is $8. And uh, yeah. I was on like a one-on-one call the other day looking at uh, how much people were selling the jewelry for on Amazon. It's like 40 bucks, you know, and they're making yeah. close to $20 profit per and I just, I never got into it though, because it just didn't fit my scheme. You know, if I have heart optimized designs or circle optimized designs, like I can't do much with it unless I want to put on a clock or something, you know? So it just, it didn't work for me. So I just stuck to what I knew and yeah, yeah. trying to get on as many products and marketplaces as possible is, is really what I aim to do. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. There's just only so many hours in the day, man, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, um, so- I, can I address how I do it? Yeah, yeah, sure. Go for it. Yeah, there's it's automation. Actually, I know. Exactly. Cats yeah, I, mean, bag, I, haven't man. Been, I haven't been scared of uh, trying out new things. Um, I, I got my first introduction to the automation stuff through uh, Merch Titans. And I was surprised because when yeah. they reached out, man, my channel was pretty small. Like it was, my channel is probably like less than 5,000 subscribers. But the uh, owner of Merch Titans, his name's Curtis, like took an hour of his time to just sit there with me and show me everything on a screen share and like, obviously as my channel scaled, like his business is doing pretty well. It's more people kind of favor automation because I mean, it makes sense. Like, you know, who's going to really debate you that if you get more products in more places, you'll probably make more money. And um, Merch Titans has been a big part of my success. Although also, I mean, there's other tools out there. Um, I know flying, uh, I want to say flying research, flying upload is the upload tool. I've heard really good things about, I've used it sparsely, but I mean, I'm pretty used to using Merch Titans. And then um, also there's one called Lazy Merch, which I had heard that some people, like some of the top tier merch sellers, top, top tier, uh, have gotten like permission from 
people at the Amazon Merch team to use the tool. Wow. So they've actually, That's even big. though it says in the rules not to, but like they've gotten yeah. written permission that they can do it. Now I just use, I haven't gotten that permission. I just use it anyways, but. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So you also mentioned earlier um, about like keeping things simple and quote, doing enough, you know, um, talk more about what you mean by that. Cause it, I, I'm have, I have a, a feeling it probably has something to do with, you know, kind of a set it and forget it mentality, keep it simple, stupid, um, you know, and it ties in well with automation, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. It does tie into automation. So, um, almost on like a, I don't know, sometimes just the things that go through my head in life, I get these like little mantras. Like if I have 10 minutes to get something done and I need 15 to get it done, sometimes I can just do it good enough to check that box as like completed as opposed to saying, well, I need 15, I only have 10, so I'm not going to do it, you know? Like I hate mm-hmm. boiling things down to little binary decisions in life because most things are more complex. But like if you're faced with a decision where it's like you can get something done or not, like get it done. Even if it means getting it done 70%, still better than zero, right? And yeah, for me, the the whole concept of doing something good enough you know, really most often in the print on demand context applies to design. Uh, I do like to do a lot of design reviews. I take some one-on-one calls and the most common thing that I see that it's subjective, right? So I don't want to say somebody does wrong. They're not doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. But, um, the most common pain point that I see when I'm trying to help people like scale up their, their print on demand businesses is just the design aspect. And by the way, I don't pretend to be a good designer. Like I said earlier, I'm willing to like farm out the the graphic design work and pay for a license to a website like Vexels, for instance. I was talking about them yesterday on my channel. Um, mm-hmm. And then just kind of edit and tweak the designs that their professional graphic designers have created. But yeah, like it's like if you can just kind of follow a short checklist of things that in my mind like really help translate into more sales. Um, and really at the end of the day, it just boils down to making your designs good enough. Not you don't have to be the best. You just got to kind of make it good enough to get clicked in search results. You know, you got to play the game, try to stand out. Um, For instance, if you've got text on your design, I always like to remind people, make sure you can read the text from the thumbnail that people see in search results because nobody reads the title and nobody's going to slow down and squint to to read it. So it may not look great if you were selling in, in a retail store to make huge text, but as long as it's readable, you've got a chance, you know, and if it's not readable, I don't think you have much of a chance. So little things like yeah, that, you, I think really translate into success over, over time. Sure. It's really important, obviously to, to get that click because you're not going to get a sale unless someone clicks to your product and Absolutely. what are they doing? They're, they're putting a search in a, in Etsy and Amazon and Walmart, wherever they're doing it. And then they're scrolling through those thumbnails. Like you said, they're not looking at the titles for the most part. And, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, if you can stand out in those thumbnails, um, to your point, you know, you can get that click and have a, have a shot at actually getting a sale. But if they scroll right past because they can't read it, um, you don't have any shot at all. So even if your design might even be better than the one that yeah. has, what the, are your thoughts on, by the way, on uh, keeping things simple? Like what comes to mind when we talk about yeah, that? No, I mean, um, I, I do agree. I think that's been my, um, I think there's two schools of thought in, um, in print on demand. And there's the, you know, build a brand, really focus in on your designs, um, build a tribe, you know, and, and a group and, and like really focus in on that. And you can also kind of be everywhere, but maybe you only have, you know, 25, 50 actual designs, but they're killer and they're all related. And, um, and you're trying to build around something that people have a common interest. So that's one way to go. And people have a 
a heck of a lot of success with that. The other way, which I I probably I started with and probably still I still continue is is being you know, a mile wide and an inch deep, you know, and trying to touch all of those niches with kind of your, your philosophy being good enough to, I mean, you know, we, we, uh, we don't do, you know, just text-based designs. I, I, we do, if we have, I mean, we do have text-based designs, but they're always, they always have some type of design element in them, um, and are unique enough that they're going to set themselves apart from somebody who may have, you know, grabbed that same meme that we, you know, took our inspiration from Mm -hmm. and put, and just, literally typed the text in Arial or some crap like that, you know, mm-hmm. um, our, ours are going to have something that's stylistic, you know, some design element that's unique. Um, but in that case that I would think that is good enough to set myself apart from the crap that's just spamming, you know, these channels, but it might not be the perfect design. And, you know, it might have some elements that aren't, um, you know, if a graphic designer that actually went to school for it, looked at it, they might kind of, you know, right. cock their head to the side or, or whatever. But um, so, yeah, I think for my business, what I've done um, and some of my, some of my clients have done the same thing. They've really subscribed to that and kind of uh, tried to get in as many different niches as they can with as many different designs and as many different places. Um, and I don't think that there's necessarily a right or wrong way to go about it. Um, I think it really depends on, uh, on a, your personality and, you know, maybe even how you got started. A lot of people got started on merch um, and they kind of did that, you know, get in every niche, find all these niches. And now they're kind of coming back to maybe doing a brand or focusing more on a brand. And I don't know that either one of them is, I would say probably the, the branding thing is probably, um, you know, in the end, it's probably a, a longer term, something that you can maybe get an exit yeah. with. You know, yeah. If you, um, I, I like the the concept too. Like, and I I was gonna say there's no right or wrong way. Like, I always yeah, think exactly. of uh, Juna at Detour Shirts, like one of my favorite YouTubers in the print on demand space, because he's like the opposite of me in that he's a great designer, and he can like sit down. Doesn't take him too long to crank out like a top notch, like best in that niche design. Wow. And so for him, like that because of the, like, you know, you know, Amazon, like the upside, if you're able to rank number one on some valuable keywords, well, (laughs) Hey, that can justify taking that approach as opposed to me where I don't really have that much faith in any of my designs being, you know, I I mean, sometimes I've gotten lucky and and whatnot, but for the most part, I'm aiming to just make like one sale a year. Like I like to sometimes remind people I'm in tier 200,000 of merch by Amazon. If I make one sale a year at 1999, That's a million dollars profit. So it's, yeah. the bar, it seems kind of low, like one sale in 365 days. Like, all right. So that's yeah. what I'm aiming for to figure out a way to do that um, without, you know, spending too much time on any one phase of the research design upload. And um, lately I've, I've, I've launched a lot of like really cheap ads because I found a way of being able to do it at scale. Um, hmm. You know, not with like great keyword targeting or anything like that, but like auto targeting and just really sure. low. Um, bids, you know, and it's been generating a little bit of extra, you know, impressions and clicks I, and whatnot. I, I do the exact same thing. Uh, you're, you're talking specifically Amazon sponsored ads, right? Yeah. And I've been playing around cause I have an older advertising account that gives me access to some other stuff. And, you know, it just kind of sat dormant. <laughs> and then I uh, had somebody come and at, like, try to buy it off me. 
because they were in KDP and they were crushing KDP. And I was like, wait a second, y'all are doing this in KDP and it's working that well. I was like, I should have been testing this the whole time in merch. And now I'm just been testing it for like the last couple of weeks. And uh, how's it, how's it working out for you? Well, I, I was, I actually use it on my, on the seller central side, but it's the same thing. It's a, you know, low daily spend, low ad cost or low yeah. ad bid. Um, and, uh, and just, you know, automatic targeting and, you know, it, it does really well. My A cost, usually it's kind of around 25%. Um, and since I produce all my products, that's actually really great. You know, I'm still making a, a decent, decent, uh, profit on those things. And, um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, they kind of fluctuate of course, but, uh, but yeah, that's, I think a lot of people, we could probably have a whole show on, <laughs> on advertising and, yeah. you know, Amazon sponsored ads and how you can use that at seller central side, how you can use that on a merch by Amazon side, if you have the yeah. right, you know, accounts the, and all of that. Let me and, say and one the thing, though, the auto campaign thing is actually, cause like the one thing that did, I always ran auto campaigns for my private label. Um, cause mm-hmm. I really wanted to help expedite the algorithm kind of learning what yep. keywords to rank me on and whatnot. But like, I was not a fan of it because if you look at the keyword suggestions, you get some good ones, you get some really bad ones. And I was like, I don't want to waste you, money on these clicks for generic things and, that don't apply. But you know, what's funny right. is the strategy we just talked about when you lowball bid, you're not really even in the ballpark of getting advertised on the generic stuff that every, right. you know what I mean? You only get really, um, you're doing long, ad- it's long tail. Yeah. Yeah. So it actually works out well. Cause you're only getting spent yeah. your money spent on the like actual valuable keywords that aren't so generic. Yeah. So that's and been then the other pleasant surprise. The other thing you can do, um, you can go in and put negative keywords on ad groups, which is, you know, so like if I'm selling an a, a 11 ounce white coffee mug, I'm going to go and negative the word black mug, you know, mm-hmm. because it's not, it's not a black mug. And I don't want anyone who's searching for a black mug to come onto my, um, onto my, or click my advertised listing. Um, so, I mean, there's things like that, that I mean, that's, that's, you know, one thing that you can do to kind of uh, dial in your automatic campaigns, but let's, let's, uh, let's move on. I want to I want to know what opportunities you think there are in print on demand right now, specifically for both shop owners, but then even for like people like me who are actually uh, producing the pro the products and stuff. So like for, for the creators and for the uh, production facilities, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'll speak more to the the people doing what I do because <laughs> I sure. like to learn from people like you anyways, but I, I've actually been kind of learning from, um, I spoke, I had a, like an hour long call last week with somebody that has like embroidery machines, for instance, and I learned a lot, mm-hmm. you know, so that's really interesting to me. I'm not necessarily you can, looking, you can come, you, you can come run my embroidery machines anytime you want. I really have a hard time with embroidery, man. <laughs> Really? <laughs> it's one of my, oh, it's, it, it's one of those things you have to have a lot of patience to do, but I mean, it can obviously do you know, make money and it can do a lot of cool things, but man, it can be, uh, it can really, you know, drain your patience pretty quickly. <laughs> Is it more effort than the t-shirts? <laughs> oh yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, it's just, there's just more babysitting that has to happen because, you know, you break a, break a needle, thread breaks, the bobbin breaks. There's all mm. these different things that can potentially happen. And it's always, you know, right in the middle of a job. And then you gotta, you gotta stop what you're doing and go to that and fix that so it can complete. And, you know, there's just, and then you, there's a lot of things that, um, can go out of alignment on the embroidery machines. And, and then you're, you're kind of, there's just a lot. I mean, there's so many different settings. I mean, think about it. These, these machines are 
really amazing. I mean, like what they can actually do is amazing, but they're like moving these hats and, and they're yeah. sewing so fast. There's just so many things that can go wrong, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's one way to look but at it. Right? <laughs> I didn't mean, I didn't mean to sidetrack you. So you, you, you were, side, right? Yes, <laughs> exactly. See, exactly. Let's, what goes wrong. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let's talk about opportunities. How about that? Let's go back yeah. to that side. That's the fun side to talk about. What, what I've been thinking of more and more is, um, you know, like I'm like, I, I'm more of like a macro thinker, I guess, like the deeper you get into things, the more like of a, I don't, I don't like to get lost in the day to day because it's hard to like really scale. And I always like to kind of have some long-term vision and the deeper I get into even print on demand, like anybody thinking like, Oh, Ryan has 65,000 YouTube subscribers, whatever, like not nah, like I'm on YouTube and all, but I'm still learning like every day. And my, my mind's constantly working. Like how can I further optimize this whole operation? And what mm -hmm. was really on my mind lately was in addition to kind of everything that I talk about typically in my videos is, and what you talk about is like, you know, keeping things simple, do do some research, make the design good enough, understand the algorithms to an extent so that you can signal to them uh, when they should rank you high based on what a customer searches, like all that stuff is always going to mm -hmm. be true. But from the perspective of the guys operating the business, I don't know what to call ourselves, right? The sellers or um, it's like, <laughs> I'm always thinking like, can I step back from a macro perspective and make this even better? Like I know I'm probably missing something. And in my mind, it's probably the like Shopify slash whatever, you know, WooCommerce, BigCommerce, whatever store, you, you know, whatever backbone you want to use to own your own e-commerce store yeah. is probably where I'm missing out. And um, really with like my skill as a web developer or you know, experience, let's say, um, I, I definitely think that at some point down the road, maybe it's a year, maybe it's two, like I'll have, I'll have a boilerplate way of launching Shopify stores that I own, like under my own domain. And, you know, I, I have, you know, some decent experience and success with like ranking websites organically using SEO. And right now this past like two weeks, I've, I've been taking like a call every other day with Google and their ads team and learning that as well. So I'm constantly trying to, you know, I'm, I'm taking a lot on my plate, obviously I'm spread pretty thin, but like if I can just refine these things to make them manageable, mm -hmm. there may be something to it. Right. And I'm always thinking like, oh, if this works, I'll talk about it and then can put a course together and monetize it in that sense as well. You know, because mm -hmm. if I can get it to actually working, I'm sure people would pay to learn because then it's going to be beneficial to them to implement. Yeah. And uh, so that's what I'm thinking. Like you talked about brands. Well, what if I don't just think of enter this niche, make this design? What if I think enter this niche? Is there potential to make enough designs to make this a brand where, you know, you can take advantage of um, maybe even brand registry on Amazon? If you think the profit potential is high enough, go mm -hmm. make your website and, um, you know, Etsy shop or Redbubble collection. Um, there's a lot of ways you can spin it. And yeah. it almost like adds that next level of like authority. You know, it doesn't have to be a real thing. It's almost like perception though. When you control the customer perception and they think that you're the authority in that niche, maybe you command higher price points and whatnot. So, and also, mm -hmm. I mean, complimentary, if you can get them to click a brand page and add multiple things to cart, um, things like that. You know, I, I think I'm leaving money on the table in that regard. So I'm looking forward to kind of cracking that in the near future to future. Yeah. I'm totally interested in that. Cause I mean, um, cause I know, I, cause I know you, I know you'll figure out a way to automate that. So exactly. <laughs> or at least, at least, or at least, um, I mean, at least automate some of it, but then re, uh, redo it over and over and over again, you know? So it's not just, you know, uh, you, oh, you were successful with your dog owner's site, you know, that was targeting dog owners. You were like, 
Well, I was successful with that. And then I took those exact same strategies, basically that same exact template, tweaked the graphics on the web page a little bit, changed. And, and now I'm now I'm focusing on, uh, you know, motorcycle riders or something, you know, mm-hmm. and now I'm focusing on the next niche and the next niche and the next niche and teachers and, you know, the list goes on and on and on. If you can, if you can figure out a way to, um, you know, do that over and over again, there's, there's, I think you know, I can potential- and, and rank it. I think it's possible. You know what I mean? Huh. I'm going to let you know as soon as I figure it out, but with That's my awesome. web developer background, it's like the technical side. Cause like, I wouldn't launch a, I wouldn't launch a store without like the email list being set up. Right. Like mm-hmm. things and right. like something like that is probably like a weekend to somebody that's never done it before or longer. Right. But like, mm-hmm. I've got that experience and I can customize it exactly how I want it. Cause I know how to get into the code and, right. you know, so I, I feel like maybe I'm uniquely qualified to execute something like this and make it almost turnkey. So that's my hope anyways. I don't want to lose too that's much true. time doing it, but I'm looking into it. That's awesome, man. That's, that's really cool. Well, um, with one one answer that we or one one answer one question that we always ask our um, you know our guests on the print on demand cast is we we want you to look into your crystal ball and we want you to kind of tell us what the future of print on demand is. Whoa. That's, That's a deep really open ended, right? I know. <laughs> Ooh, you should have given me a warning so I could like think of something good. Um, man, just thinking about it, like right now, uh, the number one thing that I think is, well, number, let's just say two things that I think are going to make an immediate difference in anybody listening's business, um, is like I kind of mentioned earlier, your design really, truly does need to be good enough. Remember like the basics, the fundamentals standing out in search results. You got to do that. Like that's never going away. So it's like, that's gotta be a big thing. And, uh, the second thing is also going to be like understanding search algorithms, I think they're going to continue to evolve. Like for instance, recently um, I do like a weekly Sunday video on my YouTube channel, trying to recommend some trending niches to design in. And when I do this research, like I, I start to like, I see like how Amazon kind of structures results. And I've noticed recently, like the last month, a lot more often they're burying the best sellers halfway down the page and they're cycling. I mean, I knew they always kind of did this, but it's been like more obvious lately. I feel like. And I think as a result of that, I've seen like an increase in my sales because I told you I'm not really chasing to be like the top seller. I'm chasing a lot of evergreens. And so I think understanding algorithms and algorithms are going to continue to change. They'll probably continue to be, I don't know if I should even say more intelligent because wouldn't you agree like Amazon's algorithms kind of like intentionally dumb in, in some sense senses? What do you mean by that? Like the way that they, like you can add like one extra keyword And sometimes it can change the results a little bit too much, even though like other, like Google might just understand like, oh, you added a keyword, but we still know kind of what you mean. And, and the results aren't really Mm going to change. Whereas Amazon, it's like this set of keywords gets these results and that set of keywords, even though it's very similar, but you add one thing gets these results. And, Hmm. um, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you can almost like game the system by choosing your keywords wisely. Like if you want to enter a really competitive niche, but you go after like some long tail, version to get the initial traction there's still opportunities there um so i don't know i'm just thinking of like things that won't change but you said what's what's it going to be like in the future (laughs) um you know it's 2021 i gotta remind people doesn't it still feel like we're lost in 2020 (laughs) like where are the flying cars (laughs) didn't they say we're we're gonna have like flying cars by now yeah yeah Um, totally man future print on demand like let's just say 
maybe more 3D printed stuff. Does that count? <laughs> sure, man. Yeah. If you can print it on demand, that counts. So. Does that count? Yeah. I heard somebody yeah. really intelligent say like at some point in the future, we're going to have 3D printers in our house and you'll just download whatever, you, you know what I mean? You won't need to even go to yeah. the store. Like Amazon will become obsolete. Like, like Jeff Bezos said, and what poses the biggest threat? It's people not needing Amazon, right? They just go to their 3D yeah. printer, load up the schemes and print whatever they need, right? So I don't yeah. know, maybe that's the future, if that counts. Yeah, that's that's way in the future, but okay, I'll I'll, I'll allow it. No, I okay, think, cool. I, I, you know, I mean, one of the things I think is, you know, as um, we continue to, uh, you know, printers are going to keep getting smaller and costing less. Um, and so I think there's going to be a lot more people that are going to jump into, you know, kind mm. of producing their own products. I think that's just one thing. Um, I agree. I think, um, uh, I think that, you know, long-term future, I think people are, are going to be able to, like you said, kind of download plans and kind of do it on their own. But, um, in the meantime, I just think that we're very, it's very, very new. I think there's going to be more and more products that are print on demandable, if you mm. will, as, as technology, you know, um, continues to, you know, I mean, who would have thought, you know, that, um, well, there's just so many products that we have now that we can actually print that we, we didn't have 10 years ago or that nobody even thought we would have 10 years ago. So, uh, so yeah, but I asked you the question. I don't want to answer it. Um, our, I just, I just thought of some real quick. Yeah, too. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's like yeah. trying to think about the future, but you know, today it's like, this may seem like, oh, this, this won't happen for a while, but it's like, it's already happening and it's not a good thing. But like in, in 2021, like there are bots that run through Amazon's catalog, use the zoomed in version of designs. You know how you can zoom mm -hmm. over and it gives the zoom. So it gives the high yeah. res. There are bots that do this at scale, 24 hours a day. People think it's humans. It's not humans, it's bots. They strip the background they get what's close enough to a raw PNG. Then they repost the designs on Amazon yep. and on other websites, including yep. like marketplaces. Like, you know what I mean? But I had somebody that did a really good original artwork. They had just uploaded it. They made a sale that day within 24 hours. They did it through Amazon merch within 24 hours. A bot had taken that design and uploaded it to like 15 products as like FBM. Mm -hmm through seller central. So it's like Ugh. the future of print on demand is going to be good. It's going to be bad. There's always going to be opportunity, but it, doesn't that just sound crazy what I just described? And yet it's happening right now. Yeah. 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 I think as, as the thing, as anything gets bigger and bigger, you know, bad actors kind of enter the scene and really, really screw it up for people. I mean, I'm constantly seeing people on my listings, driving the price down. It's like this, you don't even have the artwork for this, but they'll figure it out. You know, I've dealt with that <laughs> it really, too, yeah. yeah, it sucks. But, um, all right, well, we've, we've been going for a little while now. Why don't you, you've got a couple of, uh, Chrome extensions and, and you also have, um, some training content. I mean, you have a YouTube channel that anybody can subscribe to and it's great. You, I mean, you're like releasing videos every single day. Uh, but tell us about these Chrome extensions and then, um, you have some like premium training also, I think, right? Sure. Yeah. The, I got plenty of free content on uh, YouTube at Ryan Hogue passive income. So check that out, subscribe again, completely free. So, um, there's that. And then also, uh, yeah, I'm going to plug three Chrome extensions really quickly because they provide utility to anybody doing print on demand. The first one's just called merch keywords, and it tries to help you, uh, by preventing rejections when you're submitting products to merch by Amazon, by not doing trademark searches or anything like that. It just does, um, content policy. It tries to help you avoid content policy rejections. 
So we put that together in like a day just because it was simple. And also I realized that there's a Chrome extension called Productor. I have no affiliation with, but like they they let you customize your own list of keywords to avoid as well. So like that's another one you could check out as well. Um, mm-hmm. The second Chrome extension that I wanted to shout out is called Automate POD. I'm talking about the future of print on demand. To anybody that's not using automation, you may not realize that like kind of what you would think of in the future is already here today. This is a big part of how I run an Amazon merch account in tier 200,000 while also posting daily content to YouTube. (laughs) Um, When I use this Chrome extension, it basically lets me upload a a list of words. So I could say like world's okayest teacher, world's okayest doctor, and I can run it on either canva.com or photopia.com. Mm-hmm. And it will just cycle in and out the words, the variables and download the designs. So it lets me, you know, kind of, again, like fill up these upload slots. Like I said earlier, upload, uh, occupy as much online real estate as possible. Right. And that helps me do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the third one is a newer Chrome extension. Uh, we will, we'll call it like kind of coming out of beta right now, but it's called bubble scout and it's the only Redbubble niche research and validation tool. So if you don't, by the way, that's a paid one. The last two are paid. Sorry. I should have mentioned that, but bubble scout, if you grab it for free, and don't pay, you still get the top 20 Redbubble searches every single day. So like if you're trying to chase trends and jump on some trend, uh, it's a great opportunity. And it translates, mm-hmm. like if it's high traffic search volume on Redbubble, it's probably going to translate into Amazon, eBay, Etsy, et cetera. So um, check that out. Again, you can find it in the Chrome store. It's called Bubble Scout, all one word. Okay, cool. And oh, then and you've got a, yeah, you've got your, it's Ryan's method, right? Yeah, yeah, I have... Um, and actually, you know what? I'm going to put together a special landing page for listeners of the Print On Demand cast that'll take 20% awesome. off of uh, my drop. I call it my drop shipped Print On Demand course. It doesn't teach drop shipping. It just teaches Print On Demand. But I kind of threw that keyword in there because it is more or less drop shipped when I farm the mm-hmm. workout to a company like yours. Um, so yeah, and I put together like an extensive course and I'm constantly kind of adding to it or redoing videos, just trying to keep it fresh. And uh, yeah, I'll take 20% off of the enrollment cost to listeners and we'll just drop a link in this episode, I think. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, we'll just name it. Let's do print on demand cast slash Ryan. And uh, so if you go, if you go to print on demand cast slash Ryan, we'll uh, link up the the landing page and you can get 20% off if you go there. Yeah. Um, can I plug it? Will they need like a code? Seconds? Yeah, that? please tell. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us, tell us what it does actually. And like what yeah. they're going to get out of it. Cause it's not just a course just for the sake of making courses. Like I I've been teaching at the college level. I'm 32, but I've been teaching college courses since I was 25 I teach web development. But I just, I only mentioned that cause I actually have teaching chops in case anybody like is concerned <laughs> about the quality of the content. Um, so I try to make it as good as possible drawing from my experience, but like this, this course teaches you how to start scale and automate your print on demand business as I run mine. So I'm not trying to teach you things that I'm not, you know, experienced in. It's, it's literally drawing, drawing from my experience. And, uh, again, you can go back, check my monthly income reports. It took me a while to get this engine running efficiently. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm not trying to like hide that fact. It took me way longer than it should have, but it's because I was learning on the fly and I didn't really, you know, outside of the Merch Minds podcast, like I I didn't really have that many people to learn from. So I learned the hard way. And, you know, if you guys want to take a shortcut to doing things, what I would consider to be like more optimally, um, you know, you can learn from me. Like I cover the basics, like niche research. I cover some paid tools and I cover how to do it for free. I cover um, all the design best practices, um, I cover nice. how to, I, I give step-by-step tutorials on how to like launch an optimized Etsy shop, how to launch your FBM print on demand business on seller central. 
um, all that good stuff. And then at the end, I bring it all together with the fully automated, um, you know, complete tutorials on how I do the design creation automation, upload, upload automation, et cetera. So all that good stuff is in there. Thanks for letting me plug wow. it. Wow. Yeah, man, that's, that's awesome. And, you know, there's maybe some people out there that that'll kind of fast track them to, you know, kind of where they want to be. That's awesome. So you can check that out, printondemandcast.com slash Ryan. Um, and then lastly, Ryan, where can people find you? I know you, you, you have a YouTube channel and if, if somebody has some questions, you know, they want to reach out to you and kind of connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, for sure. YouTube, uh, if you want to just catch up on my content, uh, YouTube's not the best place to get a question answered because it's like the comments just, <laughs> there's too many. But um, if you email me at ryan at ryanhoge.com, H-O-G-U-E, or even if you just message me on Facebook, like I read and respond to all the emails and all the Facebook messages. It's It gets crazy, cool. but I still make a point of doing that. So, Yeah, that's awesome. And then you're also in our Facebook group, um, mm-hmm. print on demand. Yeah, if you tag me, I, I'll respond. But yeah. if you don't tag me, it's tough to keep up with everything. Sure. Really. Yeah. So yeah. 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 Guys, if you have a question for Ryan, you want to uh, reach out to him, you can do it in the Facebook group or Ryan at ryanhoag.com. Um, dude, thanks so much for, you know, joining me today. And, uh, this was, it was fun just kind of having somebody to kind of, you know, chat with about print on demand. Uh, you're, you've, you've been killing it. You know, I, I subscribe to your channel and I hear your income reports and I'm like, man, he's really doing good. So, <laughs> so kudos thanks, to you. And, and thanks a lot for, for coming on the show, man. Hey, I got one more question for you. How's the Walmart application coming? Yeah, man, you had to ask, here. You? Uh, it, <laughs> I did not hear back. So I don't know if I need to like open up a new email and try from a new email. Do you know if that'll work? I don't know. I mean, you could try that. I, I wish I had better. And I would open up, like I would try to uh, open up a ticket if you can. I don't know if you even have the access to do that with just applying. But um, for those of you, I-, I was on Ryan's show talking about selling on Walmart, and during that pot or during that show, he said he was going to open up a uh, uh, reopen up his Walmart account and try to get try to get approved. So I just had to had to kind of. Th- throw him, th- throw that at him and see where he was at with that. And I've of applied everyone, four so. times. So yeah, I don't know what it is. They've got something out for me, um, but I'm going to figure it out, man. And also I just want to thank you for letting me on the podcast. I was actually trying to do more like podcast guest appearances. I subscribed to some websites that were like, Hey, come here and we'll get you on other shows. I just wanted to see if it works, you know, but this is perfect. This one's in the right niche. So I really yeah, appreciate dude. being my Travis. Absolutely. Yeah, man. So thanks so much. And, um, we'll, we'll have you on again sometime and, um, you guys take, take advantage of, you know, just go to his YouTube channel, check it out. There's a lot of freaking content. I mean, this dude is like nonstop. He's, he's a energizer bunny. So, uh, thanks again, Ryan. And, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks. All right. Well, there you go. Our interview with Ryan Hogue. Um, good dude, man. And he knows his stuff. My goodness. Um, I just really enjoy talking to him about print on demand and, uh, it was kind of fun. You know, I, I, I joked about it last week on the podcast that it's it's a lot easier to do a podcast when you have, you know, a co-host or somebody to actually talk to. And I think you could probably tell <laughs> that it was pretty easy to talk to Ryan. He's got a lot of things going on. And, um, you know, he's, man, he's, we talked about Neil Lassen a couple of weeks ago being the Energizer Bunny, but I don't know. I think Ryan's giving, giving him a run for his money. Uh, Ryan's doing a lot of stuff. To, I mean, just... This, I mean, I've seen his videos. His videos, while they aren't that long, there's a lot of things that are going into them. He's doing a lot of green screen, and he, you know, puts the, uh, uh, you know, the screenshots behind him and things like that. And so, I mean, there's some production, I guess, that's going into that. And I, 
I don't have any insight. I don't know if he's outsourcing that or what he's doing with that, but still there's a lot that's going into that, you know, and you combine that with teaching, I guess he teaches web development. Uh, and then he's got this, you know, six figure POD business to boot. So, um, on a lot of different channels, a lot of moving pieces, constantly thinking of new ways to automate and make things better. Um, really, really fun having him on the podcast and just chatting with him about POD. I hope you guys got something from that. Um, like we said at the end, if you are interested in any of his, um, you know, his, his Chrome extensions, um, or his, uh, his training that he has, which sounds really, really kind of cool. Um, you can find all those links in the show notes. Um, again, it was really cool. He offered 20% off for his training. Um, if you go, it's, uh, we're going to do print on demandcast.com slash Ryan, and that'll direct you to his, um, to, I guess, a special page he's going to even make for listeners of the podcast, which is really cool. So, uh, yeah, so check that out. It may or may not be for you. That's totally fine. Uh, at the very least go to his YouTube channel and, and see if you, you know, can learn something. Cause like I said, that dude has so many videos and there's a lot of content there and it's all for free. So, uh, so yeah. So thanks again to Ryan for coming on the POD cast. Uh, I think, I think that's going to be about it for this week. Uh, we're going to leave it there. Um, Y'all know we got a Facebook group, printondemandcast.com slash Facebook. Go there, be involved. If you want to you know, even reach out to Ryan, you can tag him in the group. He's part of it. Um, you can get the podcast at printondemandcast.com. In the lower section, there's a link to all of the places that we have um, that we actually are distributed. Uh, but you can find us on pretty much all the major podcast platforms. Um Info at printondemandcast.com. You can send us an email or if you have a suggestion for the show or you just have a question that you'd like us to talk about, that would be really cool. Uh, we've done that a couple of times with some questions. We had a, like a mailbag segment um, back a few episodes ago um, where we just answered listener questions. So if you have a question, please go, uh, you know, you can go to our Facebook group and get a quick answer. Or if you send us an email and info at printondemandcast.com, we can actually discuss it on the show. And that might be kind of cool. Uh, rate on iTunes, please, and subscribe or whatever podcast platform. If they have a rating system, we'd love a five-star review because we are awesome. At least we think we are in our own minds. And I think that's about it. So once again, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you next week right here on the Print On Demand cast. See ya. Did it again. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next week.